This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Alright, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE podcast. Joining me on today's episode, obviously, here on the SmackDown Review. John Carrasco. You can follow John at Big Speaker on Twitter. That is B I double G underscore Speaker on Twitter. You guys go show him some love. It's his. He's had a Twitter before, but he was off of it for a little while. I've been there before. That's kind of how the Twitter world works. You use it for a while, you go away, and then you come back, and then you're addicted. So he's kind of starting that addictive stage. So go follow him, show him some love on Twitter, and obviously me, Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Michael Five Ritter. And on Instagram at MicroRitter5, also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available on all of the podcasting platforms that you can think of, including the one that you're listening to this show on, and also available on Patreon if you like an ad-free experience as well. But anyways, today we're going to be talking about the SmackDown that aired on March the 4th, 2022 from Miami, Florida. But before we get into the actual episode, John, how you doing, bud? Did you have a good week? I know this is a pretty damn good episode of SmackDown, so I'm sure the, uh, you're chomping at the bit to break it down. Oh, yeah, man. And definitely thank you for the shout out on Twitter and everything. I'm definitely trying to get out of my caveman ways. So, yeah, go ahead and follow me at B-I-double-G underscore speaker. And, you know, just help me out on the transition and everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, be uh, much appreciated. But I'm doing pretty good, man. I had a. Good week of work, you know how that was and everything like that, but ready to break this down and, you know, get on into it. Man, this was a good episode. I will say it's been a while since we were just, you know, jam-packed with matches out the you-know-what. I mean, well, there was seven that was supposed to happen. Obviously, the Big E versus Sheamus match ended up not happening, so technically there was only six matches, but for there to be seven matches booked, pretty crazy in today's day and age, usually not a wrestling-filled show. At least that's kind of what we're – um what we're accustomed to as of late, but that was really, uh, I guess, the opposite today. Started off with a match, and it ended with a match. But before we do that, I do want to touch on something really quickly. Now, we're, we're the SmackDown review, right? Obviously, the best wrestling show out right now. What? But let's talk about something that happened on Monday Night Raw, because I've been watching Raw. I watched Raw the past two weeks. I've taken a hiatus the past two months, but the past two weeks, I've been watching Raw. So... I saw Edge's heel turn this past Monday, mm-hmm. and man, I mean, I don't know if you saw it or not, but it was vintage, like, professional heel turn, obviously, like, just with Edge, the way he does his character with, like, the ring psychology and the way he just buys into it, the low blow. I mean, AJ Styles is very familiar with a low blow. We've seen this happen to him several times, but it's just – it makes it more personal. Like you kind of saw that, like, because whenever he came out, there really wasn't no backstory. Now, Matt's said multiple times that he was kind of disappointed when he saw AJ Styles come out. I somewhat disagree only because the matchup itself. Now I do agree from a sense that there were possibly some bigger names out there that could have taken this spot and fought edge at WrestleMania, but AJ Styles versus edge is not a matchup that I'm necessarily sleeping on, or I guess letting fly under the radar because I know it's going to absolutely, you know, burn the house down. But one criticism if any that i had on this thing was the fact that there really wasn't like 
like with only a month to WrestleMania, I was like, how is it? How is this going to be like personal? Now it doesn't have to be like a grudge match where these guys hate each other, although it is kind of heading that direction given how fast this hill turn took place on Monday night. But I was just curious how they were going to make the crowd interested other than just the, the pure star power from the matchup of Edge versus AJ Styles. And I think they did a really good job doing it. Edge kind of being like damn near disrespectful. I mean, he literally said, I don't want the, tag team you know what that you've been being with omos over the past whatever i want the the bulldog aj styles that's kind of what edge was saying that he wanted the best version of aj styles at wrestlemania he didn't have a smile there was no compliments here and then he low blowed him hit him with the concerto likely going to get aj styles off tv i'd be surprised if he showed up on monday night if he does show up he better have a neck brace or something like that because this concerto is sideline people for like months storyline wise like this has been used to write people off tv now obviously the wrestlemania is only a month away so it can't be months they're gonna have to make it somewhat of a quick return especially if aj wants to get a little bit of redemption maybe get the upper hand on edge before we actually get to wrestlemania but what do you think about the matchup that we're gonna get edge versus aj styles are you with me as far as like this being possibly one of the best matches on the card uh, I mean, I, I haven't caught the Raw, so I mean, I, I'm kind of waiting for that and everything like that. But I have seen like a couple videos, you know, I watch a little bit of, of it and then I just cut it off just because I don't want to see it all. But I mean, Edge as a heel is just, is great, man. You know, you can't, you can't go against that. So I, I feel like it kind of just plays into his role a little bit better rather than him being like with Beth, you know, how they were kind of using him as a, little tag team couple type thing but i don't know man i just don't i i didn't feel that role for him so yeah him being the hill is definitely good and aj styles being in there i mean of course he's veteran you know he's definitely somebody that's good with the program and everything like that but i don't know i i kind of felt like there could have been at least somebody younger and everything like that that could have came up but i mean i'm still with it not mad about it yeah, you can't really be mad about this matchup, really. I mean, as somebody who's going to be at WrestleMania, like, I'm going to see Pat McAfee have a match, and we'll get to that, you know, a little bit later in the show, obviously. But the other people that we're possibly going to see have a match. I mean, we're literally having Stone Cold Steve Austin's name kind of thrown around there. At the very least, we're going to see him, you know. So there's a lot of reasons to be excited, to say the least, about this WrestleMania. Johnny Knoxville, another guy, another big name. You know, I mean, it's not necessarily like a big wrestling name, but as far as like star power goes, I guarantee in Dallas, whenever Johnny Knoxville comes out, he's going to get a very big pop. But let's go ahead and get into this episode of SmackDown. Like I said, aired on March 4th, 2022 from Miami, Florida. And this was a pretty good episode, one of the better ones that I can recall over the past few weeks. Last week was good, but this one was definitely better. It started off with the Intercontinental Championship match. Ricochet versus Sami Zayn. Now, this was a pretty damn good match. Like, literally, I saw a report last week, sometime over the past, since the last time we talked here on the SmackDown review, where WWE is planning on pushing Ricochet on SmackDown. Good news for us. We're going to get to talk about it. We're going to get to see Ricochet in possibly a more prominent role, get more airtime. I mean, you don't really want to see him get more mic time. He's been, a, like, he's been a wrestler for, like, damn near 20 years now, and he doesn't have mic skills ring work like in terms of being an actual competitor or whatever you want to phrase it top tier one of the best in the business he sells better than anybody he can put on a five-star match with literally anybody so you give him somebody like Sami Zayn, and they're going to blow the doors off and that's exactly what they did here this match was just one of those 
that you really didn't want it to end. And I feel like the the way that it did end kind of left a sour taste in my mouth only because I wanted there to be a definitive winner, honestly. And Johnny Knoxville does come out. But before I get there, I'm going to talk about some of the things that happened because there were some highlights in this one. I will say that neckbreaker on the apron by Sami Zayn, did you see that? Oh, yeah, dude, that was freaking crazy. Yeah, There was sure. several times where it looked like Ricochet landed on his neck. There was a powerbomb mm. that uh, that looked like it happened in the middle of the ring. And also that backflip moonsault that Sam, or that Ricochet mm. did over the top rope right in front of Pat McAfee and Michael Cole. That yeah, was that absolutely nice. beautiful. Ricochet's ring gear also, just the flames. I love that. I don't know if it's Booker T or somebody in the 1990s in WCW that had that flamed gear. So for whatever reason – had a little bit of a soft spot uh for me so seeing him and other people such as los lotharios come out with that flame gear always kind of been a little bit of a fan of that just a little bit of a nugget there but anyway like i said this was a damn good match i didn't like the way it ends because knoxville does come out wearing like an intercontinental championship chump or something like that intercontinental chump that's the actual phrase that was on the shirt taking a shot at Sami Zayn. obviously distract Sami Zayn for enough time for ricochet to hit a little bit of a <clears throat> excuse me i don't really know what the move is called pat mcafee kind of labeled as like a hurricanrana bomb type thing where he, he hooked the legs and he just got the pinfall one two three new intercontinental champion for the very first time ricochet holds the belt so what'd you think about this match obviously i told you i really wasn't a fan of the ending I, i'm fine with ricochet going over he had four near falls before he actually made the pin so he was clearly this close to winning even without the help so this win could have uh, could have been a little bit juicier if you would have given it to him, just straight up clean win. But either way, could have been worse. I'm not, you know, absolutely crapping on it, but that was my only little negative if there is anything there. But I'm all for Ricochet getting to hold this belt, and especially if they're serious about pushing him on SmackDown, sign me up for that. Well, on this one, man, I was all for like since last week. You know, I was ready for this to happen. So, I mean, especially having Sammy lose. I'm not a really big uh, Sammy Zane. So, yeah, Ricochet winning, that was a good uh, positive for me. But, I mean, it was interesting, you know, because Ricochet, he came out with, like, energy, you know. Like like you said, the clothes and everything like that. It was like, yeah, look at me, you know. He had, like, a lot of attention on him and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Like, even, like, bell ringing energy like oh it, it was all there you know so i, I was with it no I, I, I don't know uh johnny knoxville he kind of i don't know he, he he plays his role i guess you could say but <clears throat> uh like you said the interruption and stuff like that yeah it was all great for me you know especially like the music man whenever that stuff hits i mean that's just something for me to keep me in tune with this so i mean it all in all it was a great match for me and uh, definitely seeing the title switch hands was a positive it was kind of funny. I will say you're not a fan of Sammy. That's kind of where we disagree mm-hmm. there because I, I do. I, I like Sammy's work, especially here lately over the past year, year and a half, especially the stuff that he does backstage. Like he was kind of flipping out, you know, starting to throw everything around, even looks at the cameraman. What are you doing following me? You know, you only record me during yeah. these moments when like things aren't going my way. And then he actually challenges Johnny Knoxville for a match at WrestleMania. Now that we predicted this, we said, all right, are you ready? I asked you, are you ready for this match to happen at WrestleMania? And the only thing that kind of would have ruined this match was the Intercontinental Championship being involved. Now, they got that off of Sami Zayn. They got that on Ricochet. So now we can kind of have, have this match with less at stake. You know, we can just have it be a singles match. Ricochet versus – or not Ricochet, sorry. 
Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. And that's kind of what people want to see. And, you know, myself included just because of how this thing's been going. I mean, Sammy literally changed his gear to say Jackass Forever or Sammy Zayn Forever, but reference, you know, in the font of Jackass Forever. And clearly, Johnny Knoxville showing up week after week. We knew that this was going to happen. They want the celebrities there. Last year it was Bad Bunny. This year we're getting Logan Paul, Johnny Knoxville. Pat McAfee's in the company, technically not a celebrity, but he's still, you know, not a full-time wrestler who's going to be having a singles match on the freaking WrestleMania card, but... I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm more of a fan of this match if it's just straight up singles, let these two beat the sh- hell out of each other, and then let uh let the Intercontinental Championship have a little bit of another program going on. But we can go ahead and move on to something else that happened, and this is something that got me going. It got my blood boiling. It really did. I mean, I was invested. This is the type of stuff that you actually care about. Now, it's no secret. Since the second it was announced that he was going to be a, a member of the SmackDown commentary team, I was, you know, and I've even said before that I'm a huge Pat McAfee fan. Going to be for even after he leaves WWE, likely inevitably at some point. But this segment right here was interesting. Now we knew yesterday, Thursday, Pat McAfee had, had an interview, a live interview with Vince McMahon, and that's the confusion there. People say. Or maybe it's Austin Theory or somebody should have phrased it a little bit more specific because they said it's his first interview, his first sit-down interview or whatever in like 20 years, 25 years, 15 years. I don't know exactly what the number was, but they were exaggerating a little bit because he had an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin on his podcast back in 2015. So they clearly immediately called his bluff. They said, no, dude, you better check your facts, get it right. He had an interview with Stone Cold, so you're clearly wrong here, but – The actual situation was that it was a live setting, like that Stone Cold podcast interview. They had a chance to edit that. It was pre-recorded, and then it was produced, obviously released to the public whenever that happened. But this interview with Pat McAfee was live on YouTube. You could have tuned in and watched this thing as it was happening. So that's the difference there, just it being a live interview where Vince McMahon didn't have time to, you know – Think about what he was going to say to tell somebody, hey, take this out. He was being asked questions and actually being humanized. We really haven't talked about the interview actually on the show. Clearly it happened yesterday, but hell of an interview. Um, If you haven't already seen it, go watch it. I listen to it because I have a a regular job, so I have to work during the time where that's going on. So I can't just you know watch YouTube during the middle of the day, but I can actually listen to the podcast. So I was able to do that. And uh, check out that interview. It's crazy that Vince McMahon was actually joking around with just like regular dudes, you know, especially people that I've been seeing on my TV and just like listening through podcast form and all that stuff for like the past three or four years. So definitely a pretty cool thing there. But anyway, back to this segment. Um, Austin Theory comes out. He comes out to some booze, rightfully so. He's a raw guy. Who the hell is this guy? What the hell is he doing on SmackDown? But anyway, he comes out. And he calls Pat McAfee a loudmouth. He actually says that Vince McMahon set up Pat McAfee. That's the whole reason why he interviewed him is just get him a match at WrestleMania so he can get the hell beat out of him. Like I said, uh, Austin Theory calls him a loudmouth and says that everybody wants to hear him shut up. And then he asks him what he's going to do whenever his mouth is wired shut because at WrestleMania he is going to beat him to a pulp. Right then announces, I'm your opponent at WrestleMania. And then smacks Pat McAfee right in the face, smacks his headset off. You could tell that this absolutely pissed Pat off, dropped a couple curse words. You know the drill. 
uh probably more than what he should have i mean there's probably like five or six that he actually said there it was actually pretty cool because it wasn't on mic you could just hear it from the camera the camera was picking it up but anyways pissed him off so it's already juicy this isn't like a pat mcafee just you know smiling giggling gonna have a fun little time in the ring i mean he's already been pissed off disrespected so i'm looking forward to seeing this match is he gonna actually or are we gonna see a pissed off pat are we gonna see him try to you know beat the hell out of somebody austin theory clearly deserves it he wants to show up on SmackDown and assault one of our favorite guys. Yeah, right. That's not going to happen here, bud. So hopefully Pat McAfee does the right thing at WrestleMania and kicks his head off. Clearly, you could say or you could tell that I'm a little bit biased here on this view. But that's the thing. We don't work for WWE. We could have our favorites here. And I could tell you right now that I am rooting for Pat McAfee here, clearly. And I know Austin Theory. He's an Atlanta guy. You guys know I'm also a little bit biased to Atlanta. So – not really a conflict here, though, all day. Pat McAfee, hope he definitely kicks Austin Theory's head off. Oh, yeah, man. This one I'm ready for. I did want to see a Pat McAfee versus Corey Graves, though. It was kind of mentioned. Me too, me too. Yeah, I kind of mentioned on Twitter yesterday. And like I said, I'm kind of getting into it. So I was definitely, like, putting my ones and twos on there and stuff like that. So kind of gave a little shout out to uh Court Graves in a bad way, I guess you could say. <laughs> hey, we've all been there. But yeah, but yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I guess Austin Theory, I mean, he kind of, he, he plays his role too, you know. Definitely the bad guy, I guess you could say. But I don't know, the smack and everything, man. Gosh, dang. Uh, it, it just, it was just played off so, so well, man. I, I thought, oh man, Pat got hit unexpectedly, you know, like how he says, expect the unexpected. But, yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. I mean, it doesn't get it built up and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm ready for it. As am I. As am I. Let's go ahead and move on to another match here. Sorry, I had to adjust my chair there. you got to be comfortable here. And I know that sometimes you could hear that. It's a little squeaky. My chair isn't necessarily the quietest, you know, and I do my best. You know, when you have a high-quality mic that can kind of pick up anything and you have a loud chair, it's not necessarily the best combination. But every now and then, you know, you're going to hear something. But anyways. Moving on to this next match. Now, this kind of confused both of us. I'm just going to be honest here. I thought it was a tag team match. I don't know if it was just the graphic that popped up before a commercial break or something like that where they had both of the women, Carmella and Zelina versus Naomi and Sasha. We both thought this was a tag team match, and I don't know if I just – because admittedly, I told you, it was like I was at the live show. You know, sometimes a segment will get you. Like I said, I was very invested in that Pat McAfee segment. So the fact that this kind of followed that up was a little bit – you know um i guess not beneficial for this segment because my attention was somewhere else i was writing notes about it i was kind of looking at the internet seeing what they said so unfortunately this match to my uh i guess whatever you know i should have been paying more attention to this match nonetheless but carmella does put on some face protection pat mcfee jokingly says i should have had that here a little bit ago but Naomi easily gets this win. That's one thing I noticed. Even if it was a tag team match, they absolutely mopped the floor with them. Next week, it's announced that we're going to get Sasha Banks versus Zelina Vegas. So that's what kind of threw me off. But I will say that matchup, and there's really nothing to this. Naomi beats Carmella 10 times out of 10, no matter what. But that Sasha Banks versus Zelina Vega match, keep your eye on that one. That has potential to be a little bit of a over deliver as, as far as like expectations go leading into it. Because they're two women from like makeshift tag teams that are like in a division that's non-existent. But if you actually just, you know, take that out of the equation and just look at these two women, Sasha Banks versus Zelina Vega, I think they have the possibility to put on a dang good match next week. I'm looking forward to that. 
But let's see here. Moving on. Corbin backstage is hosting a poker game. And he announces that he's facing Drew McIntyre on night one of WrestleMania, a.k.a. WrestleMania Saturday. That's kind of what they're going to be referencing that or calling it as we get closer. So if you're only planning on going to one night and you're trying to choose between night one or night two, they're starting to kind of reveal which night each match or, yeah, which night each match is going to be on. So, I mean, both women's championship matches are on Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken. That's something that I heard. So uh definitely want to check that. Don't quote me on it, but I think that might be the case. The only notes I took from this poker game, there was a bunch of paid nobodies there, but Mad Cat Moss had a pretty good Drew McIntyre impression. Now, I'm going to crap on his jokes whenever they're not good every single time, but if he actually makes me laugh, I'm going to give him some credit, and he did. I giggled during this, so shout out to Mad Cat for uh, having a nice little impression there. I've had my own Drew McIntyre impression from time to time, whether it's good or bad. I've, uh, you know, I've just let it fly, and I think um, Madcap's kind of nailed his, but we can go ahead and move on from that and get to what this backstage segment was leading to, and that's Drew McIntyre versus Jinder, ultimate squash match. Drew McIntyre wins with a claymore. They're trying to make him look very strong, and afterwards, he talks to Caleb Braxton, where he basically just talks about Happy Corbin being undefeated since, like, August or whenever it was that he became Happy Corbin from Bum-Ass Corbin or whatever it was, but... Pretty much just saying that he's going to run into a buzzsaw at WrestleMania, and he's looking forward to being the first person to defeat Baron Corbin. So did you have anything on this match? I mean, it really was very fast. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty quick one. I mean, I did like the matchup. You know, they're two pretty good-sized guys, you know, comparison, I guess you could say. But, yeah, I mean, I just feel like these little wins for Drew, I mean, they're helping them, you know, just build momentum, you know, the crowd's just getting behind them and everything like that. So, I mean, even though they're they're just quick little matches, I mean, I'm all for it, you know, especially since like the injury that he's had and everything coming back. So I I, I think it's good for him. As do I, as do I, Drew McIntyre, somebody who I think has big things ahead of him after Mm -hmm. WrestleMania. I don't know what's, what's even the landscape of WWE is going to look like at that point. I mean, Mm -hmm. with this one championship situation, I don't even know. Like when Roman Reigns was coming out tonight and I was looking at that universal championship that Paul Heyman was holding, I was just like, man, are we looking at like a, like dead man walking pretty much like as a belt you know we know that it's time is coming up because we don't really know the plans we don't know what's going to happen and i guess that's a good thing i like to be surprised every now and then but still you know just uh looking forward to finding out what's going to happen there but speaking of roman reigns shinsuke nakamura and rick boogs are coming out next i'm not really sure what happens here or what the point in all this was but the usos attacked them and i think there was no point other than to set the tone that Roman Reigns was not in a great mood and he wanted to come out, so he decided to come out. It's his show, so th- this is his segment. He wanted it, so Boogs and Nakamura essentially got their segment stolen from them. I know you're a big Usos fan. What do you think about this? Oh, this is pretty cool, man. I mean, it was definitely like a big surprise because, like, uh, just writing down notes and everything like that. Like, I don't know if you had caught that that other Tundra commercial that shinsuke and rick boogs was in um i, I did not know okay well anyways like oh it, it was just like something that i had picked up on last week and i was just saying man what have they been doing yeah like what have they been doing you know just back here just messing around out here in the woods and stuff i mean 
Rick Lucas, he was out there actually like working out. I don't know. Yeah, freaking lifting trees and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. But I mean, God, I mean, for it to happen like this, you know, I was like expecting to get a little bit of like ring time, you know. They barely even got stage time, you know, barely got going, you know, guitar barely stringing and stuff like that. I don't know. So it was, it was, it was good. And like you said, uh, like Roman making his like dominance, you know, like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to come out. Yeah. Get off my stage type stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was all, all behind that stuff. So it was cool. Yeah. You were behind it. I was behind it. And obviously Miami was behind it. That was the most mm. behind Roman Reigns crowd that I've seen in a long time. Now, I've been, I was at the Oklahoma city show. He came out, people were behind him, but it wasn't as unanimous as it was tonight. Now, I don't know if it's because he's from Pensacola, Florida, home of Emmett Smith. But so it's kind of like, you know, he's in his home state of Florida. That could have something to do with it. Or Miami just, you know, might be, you know, about that life when it comes to Roman Reigns. You know, they just might actually support the tribal chief because they were absolutely supporting him. They popped extremely loud for uh, the acknowledge me whenever he said Miami acknowledge me. And they were chanting Roman very loud. That's one thing that I wrote down here is to make sure to talk about the crowd there. So shout out to Miami. I know that uh, Elvis Escobar, host of the Enter the Lab podcast, go listen to that. Go follow that podcast if you haven't already. Obviously, damn good sports podcast. But he's a listener of the show. He was in attendance tonight at the Miami show. So definitely I uh, want to give a shout out to the Miami crowd for supporting the big dog. I know he hasn't been called the big dog in a while, but the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. But like I was saying, Roman comes out and he talks about the uh, match with Brock Lesnar that's going to happen tomorrow or tonight, likely when you're listening to this, at Madison Square Garden. And that most people, you know, the common fan, are probably hoping that Brock Lesnar loses this match, right? I didn't really understand that because, you know, speaking for myself, I 100% want to see Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and that's what Roman Reigns wants. Now, you have a different opinion, right? You kind of hope that somebody else gets added to this? Uh, I mean, kind of. I mean, I'm hoping, you know, like not another person because Brock is just like a – you know, a person that's always going to be there, you know, always a good opponent and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, just give somebody a a small chance, you know. I mean, it's nothing, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather just see somebody else. I get you. I get you. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seth Rollins, a possibility there. Keep an eye on him. Bobby see, Lashley. See. I really don't know what's going to happen, though, this uh, Madison Square Garden event. So yeah. tomorrow night or tonight, like I said, we're going to have to be keeping an eye on what's going on. I know that we're not going to be able to watch it, but I'm sure that somewhere the results are going to be leaked. But anyways, like I said, Roman Reigns said that he wants Brock Lesnar to win because he wants Brock Lesnar to personally hand deliver the WWE championship to him at WrestleMania in what Roman calls the greatest WrestleMania main event or the greatest main event for that matter of all time. Now you could agree with that. You could disagree with that, whatever. I've already kind of said how I feel about it, but anyways, Roman Reigns compares himself to Babe Ruth, and he mean what he means by that is saying that he calls his shot and he delivers every single time. John's a Yankees fan. I knew he was gonna love yes, that sir. line. So, um, and he's referencing. I mean, he, he has receipts to prove it. Roman Reigns backs up what he says. He says, "Hell, just look at a year ago, WrestleMania 37. I called my number by saying I was going to stack and pin two, not one, but two Hall of Famers in the same match: Edge and Daniel Bryan." And he does just that. Fast forward one year later, he's saying that he's going to smash Brock Lesnar in, like I said, the biggest main event in WWE history and raise both championships up while $5 million worth of fireworks are going off behind him. And then he channers his inner, or his inner Undertaker. I'm not sure if he caught this. 
he kind of slowly just said that Brock will acknowledge me. You know, that was kind of just similar to the he will rest in peace. I don't know if that was like a, a tribute to Taker that maybe he was kind of just trying to slide one in there without absolutely breaking his character or if that's something he's going to kind of do going forward. But I noticed it. It's a little bit different. Roman hasn't really done that kind of slow, drawn-out thing before. But what do you think about this segment or this promo in general from Roman? Oh, man, this one was freaking great. I mean, it definitely – a lot of energy. You know, Roman's cutting some good promos, bro. So, I mean, I feel like the, the, the just the suspense and everything like that is just kind of together. You know? Yeah, bro, it's just freaking – yeah, hands down, you know. But other than that, I, I'm just ready for this couple of weeks to fly about. I'm ready for this match, man. Oh yeah, I am too, dude. Without a mm-hmm. doubt. Like I'm, I'm anxious to find out exactly what the stipulations are going to be like. Is it going to be a one-on-one, just unification right. match, Brock versus Roman, or are we going to get a little bit of an extra guy in the picture? Whether it is Lashley, whether it is Rollins, whoever it is. I mean, it, there are ways where you can make it make sense and make it interesting. But I just feel like if they're going to yeah. try to build this as one of the best main events of all time, then it has to be one-on-one. Like two dudes who are absolute alpha males, the writing's already there. You don't have to add anything to make this match bigger than what it is. But anyways, after this segment, we get a tag team match between the Usos and the Viking Raiders. This one for the tag team championships. What'd you think about this match? Just just because, like, you, I mean, me as a person, just knowing that they're not going to lose it, right? You know I mean? A good match and everything like that, not going to take nothing from it. But I, I just feel like... Like they're just they're just riding this along for right now, you know. I mean, definitely a little bit. I don't know. They had some good bombs and stuff like that. I, I don't can't recall the Viking experience. I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they man, they were trying to do that so many times. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I, I think it's good though. Yeah, I mean, it was a physical match, hard fought by both teams. If you want to use like a sporting phrase mm-hmm. or term, whatever you want to do. But yeah, the Usos that one D. It's undefeated. They are not. I mean, this was their only speed bump on the road to WrestleMania. They're not going to run into another tag team that's going to dethrone them. It could end up happening at Mania, maybe on, on a kickoff show. They're historic for having matches on the kickoff show. So wouldn't really surprise me if that's what happened there. I mean, I do want to see these titles defended, though. Every single championship should be defended at WrestleMania. That's what it's for. If your title is not defended at WrestleMania, what the hell are you doing? Like, honestly. Right. But anyways, let's go ahead and see what's next here. We get Big E versus Sheamus. At least that's what we're supposed to get. But the match never happens. I mean, Big E and Kofi come out on the four-wheeler, which was apparently a gift from Kofi Kingston to Big E for his birthday last week. I didn't know it was a birthday. Happy birthday, Big E. But he got a four-wheeler, so clearly had a good birthday. I would love to get a four-wheeler, even though we don't really have places around here that you can go ride it unless, like, you own land or something like that. But I would love a four-wheeler. I mean, I would illegally ride that thing around the street until i was told to stop but anyways <laughs> that poor atv we'll get to that here in just a little bit but the reason why this match doesn't happen is because ridge holland and sheamus they start to put a beating on the new day kofi kingston's out there he's like on the atv he's doing or he's honking the horn to the new day theme the new day rocks and he takes a chair shot to the back from Ridge Holland. That distracts Big E. Clearly, like you would expect, a million times is going to happen. Somebody's going to get distracted. But Sheamus takes advantage, beats the absolute hell out of Big E. The female ref, Jessica Carr, I believe is her name. She is just kind of standing there doing whatever she does with her arms, just flailing around. And then Ridge 
and Seamus, they hop on that four-wheeler and they take it backstage, go to commercial break. But whenever we come back, we see the highlights of them beating the holy you-know-what out of that four-wheeler, just tearing it to shed or shred, sorry, hitting it with bats, whatever it was. I'm not really sure exactly what, what it was that they were hitting it with, but they were just destroying that thing. What do you think about this? Did it in any way, shape, or form make you want to see these guys get their asses kicked? I mean – Definitely, like beating anybody's property up is gonna start a feud, you know. So I mean, I mean, Seamus is it, known to do this. It, it, it's here. I mean, this is what we got. I mean, I kind of like the when they, uh, Big E they were going against like Los Lotharios for a second. I was kind of getting into that and stuff like that. But I mean, was Cesaro leaving? You know, Rick Shay not having a, a partner anymore. I mean, it's kind of breaking up stuff and going into different directions and stuff like that. So I guess, I mean, this is what we're going to be rolling with now. Um, they they did tear that thing up though. I mean, I definitely would have been pissed. So I mean, yeah, here, here's a few for it. Yeah, without a doubt. So likely going to see something. I mean, you got to get Big E on the card at least. I'm not really too mm-hmm. worried about Kofi being involved in WrestleMania, but at the very least, we got to get Big E on the card. I know some people aren't necessarily too high on him for whatever reason. I, I'm not a big fan of his character, his finishing move, all that stuff, but as a competitor, if you just see this dude in person and you kind of just can watch the speed that he wrestles at, he's an absolute top guy. It's just all about his character and whether or not he'll get booked properly, but up next, we get Johnny Knoxville accepting Sami Zayn's challenge for WrestleMania, and he talks about all the things he's put his body through over the years, and how this match with Sami Zayn is ultimately just going to be nothing. Like, he's been through things ten times worse than this. Talks about breaking his wee-wee, I believe, from some type of bike accident, whether it was, like, trying to do, like, a backflip or something like that, but he does talk about it. I mean, I'm sure Kayla Braxton was trying to do everything she could not to lose it right there, but... So right there we get the acceptance or the acceptance, I guess you can say, of this challenge. Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville, it's officially going to be going down, likely on night one. Even though we've heard a lot of night one matches, it seems like it's going to be a loaded night. They gotta put something on night two. It can't just be Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. They gotta put other matches there. So we've already kind of talked about that. We don't have to backtrack. Is there or backtrack? Is there anything else you have to add to this one? Yeah, nothing too much from this one, man. I mean, <clears throat> just ready for it to get going and everything like that, but. Yeah, I'd rather uh, jump into this next one, the Ronda versus uh, Sonya. Your girl Ronda, what would you think about this one? I feel like she was actually in mm. some ring gear here. We really haven't seen her in her actual gear as of late. This felt like more of a pay-per-view look. It was her first match on SmackDown. Clearly going to go 1-0. That's exactly what she does. Charlotte appears on commentary. But one thing I noticed here, Ronda Rousey got an extremely long introduction like from the announcer. It wasn't just your typical, like, I mean, normally nobody gets something like this, especially before the music hits. If anything, the music will hit, and then they'll get the introduction, like, as the music's playing, you know? But this was like a UFC-type introduction where she was, like, hearing accolades. The 2022 Royal Rumble winner, the opponent for Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 38 or whatever, you know? Like, I was like, how long are we going to go on here? (laughs) And in the process of her doing this, Sonya Deville was over there trying to, you know, sweet talk Charles Robinson and like screwing over Ronda Rousey or whatever it is. But like I said, uh, Ronda Rousey gets the win here. Her first match on SmackDown by making Sonya Deville tap out very quickly to an armbar. Although it went on a little bit longer than what I thought. But I mean, because Sonya did get some offense in here, but it wasn't a lot. She tapped out to the armbar very quickly. Charlotte, very unimpressed with 
Ronda Rousey's armbar. She claims that's all she can do and this and that. And uh, she runs to the ring immediately after the match is over. But I put runs in quotation marks because I feel like how Charlotte is trying so hard to dress like so fancy that it's it's limiting her and what she could do. Like, I mean, I know she's not having a match, but if you're if you know that you're scheduled to have like an encounter with Ronda Rousey where you got to run to the ring, don't wear heels for Christ's sake. Like if you know there's a segment where you're going to have to get your face slammed into a table like we saw last month. Don't wear, you know, caked on makeup that day to where you're going to be scared to slam your head on the, you know, the table and take a face bump. Like, this is what you do. Like, you're, I understand like the pictures you want to get and post it on your Instagram and look all nice and fancy is, is what you're going for there. And you, you want to look good. I get that. But at some point you got to like have a little bit of pride and stop putting this like crappy, sloppy crap on the TV. And I, I don't know. Like, that's like as PG as I could possibly say it. But you get what I'm trying to say. Like she mm-hmm. takes like three steps in the ring and Rhonda's supposed to like react to that. You know, like she's supposed to like slam her to the ground, put her in the ankle lock to show that she has more than just the arm bar. That was the point they were trying to get across. We get it. She can make Charlotte Flair tap out in several different ways. That's exactly what Charlotte does despite it not being a match. She's tapping on the mat for Rhonda to let her go. I just wanted to point that out because – Charlotte will constantly brag about how she's the best, this and that. Well, every time like you're you're not in a match, you're wearing clothes and shoes that prevent you from actually running and doing anything athletic. So, I mean, it's just kind of like I don't really know. I, I might be crazy there. That could be something that only bothers me and people are like, what the hell are you talking about? But what do you think about this? Oh, this one here, man. I mean, I, I was kind of in, in tune with it just because like the, the Sonya story, I guess you could say. But, yeah, I mean, she comes out here looking like Cruella and everything like that, you know, definitely like the bad guy. And I, I've been uh, – I mean, I've talked to you about it and everything like that, and I've been watching, like, the WCW from – or Nitro and everything like that from 19 19- – How dare you? Oh, my gosh. But, anyways, I just kind of put it together that uh, Roddy uh, Roddy Piper and, uh, you know, I can't even say that. It's kind of – Rousey? For me. Yeah, kind of have, like, that same – you know, gear and everything like that. The little. Uh, are, are you also just finding out that ice cream's cold? Hey, man, it, it, it's just all coming together for me, you know. So, I mean, it's kind of cool that I'm kind of like picking up on all of this stuff. I mean, laugh at me all you want. But, I mean, it's just, you know, so, something that's I'm like, OK, OK, there's kind of like something like the backstory and all this stuff to it. But, I mean, it was kind of cool, you know. But, um, of course, the match, it, it really wasn't nothing. I mean, Sonya, I mean, I seen her get slapped and stuff like that. And. I'm not for it, you know, I'm not for uh, like Ronda winning and stuff like that. But it kind of puts me in a pickle because like Charlotte's in her corner in Sonya's corner, you know, and I don't like either one of them in a way. You know, they just have a I don't know, just too too cocky, I guess you could say for me. And then, you know, just a little bit more humble and stuff like that. But I don't know. I'm I'm for the Sonya thing. So her losing all this time, uh, it's it's kind of sucks for me. Well, yeah, about the Rowdy Piper, just quickly. He actually gave her permission to – because she goes by Rowdy Ronda Rousey, and that was before yeah. she ever came to WWE. She got permission from Rowdy Piper to use that nickname before he passed away. So she came to WWE oh, nice. and, like, has that gimmick, you know, like the mm-hmm. – like basically wearing the same colors as him and all that stuff. She got his permission to do that. So that's a little bit of a sidebar there. But anyways, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know you're a Sonya fan, and I know you're behind her. You're, you're mm-hmm. growing week after week, you know, especially, you know, she's coming out with this new gear. It kind of just makes you even like her even more, you know, because she's just – she's developing her character. She's slowly yeah, inching you know. back to being a full-time in-ring competitor. She's going to be a damn good heel no matter what show she's on. Hopefully it's here on SmackDown. I'm not a huge Sonya fan because of this character, which means she's doing a damn good job, you know, like because of yeah. this character. So – it made me hate her because of how she was doing <laughs> Naomi for so long. I was like, I really hope Naomi kicks her ass and she ended up doing that. But anyways, I mean, I'm excited for this. I think that, you know, Ronda Rousey, no matter who it is, she's going to mop the floor. It doesn't matter if it's Charlotte Flair. I mean, mm-hmm. I really don't think that there's anybody on the main roster right now that's like credible enough to be Ronda Rousey. And that sucks to say, but it's just genuinely how I feel. Charlotte's probably the best option for it because she's like the top woman. But I mean, Becky Lynch, that kind of that program at least is there kind of writes itself. You know, we're going to get it at some point, the one on one version where they're going to, you know, reference back to WrestleMania 35 or 36, whichever one it was where Becky Lynch won in the main event. So some good stuff coming nonetheless but anyways that does do it for us here bud on the smackdown review i do appreciate you for hopping on like usual we do this oh, stuff yeah. after the show so it's late so anytime that we kind of seem like we don't have our fastball just bear with us i mean we kind of have to you know watch the show take notes sit down here kind of analyze it a little bit and i want to get this to matt in a timely time after i edit it and all that good stuff so Thank you so much, like I said, for joining. But is there anything you want to say, any shout-outs, anything like that you want to plug, like your social media? Like I said, go follow him at big underscore speaker, B-I-double-G underscore speaker. Go follow my boy John, kind of help him out there and uh, build up his following on Twitter. Yes, sir. I do appreciate that. And I just want to, you know, just uh, conclude the show, I guess you could say. I mean, there's so many storylines that are starting to, like, happen and stuff like that. So it's definitely keeping me in tune, you know. So it's good and everything like that. But, um yeah, I definitely want to give you a shout out, man. Appreciate you for having me on and everything like that. Uh, go follow my guy, Michael Five Ritter, Twitter, you know, get at him. Of course, follow his, uh, uh, football function podcast, man. It's definitely some good content and everything like that. And yeah, I just want to say thank y'all to everybody. Of course, like I said, the Twitter that I got created, B-I-G-G underscore speaker. Follow me. Get at me though. Oh, yeah. Shout out to John. Also, shout out to Matt. You know, obviously, we don't say it enough, but shout out to Matt for giving us this opportunity to, you know, do this and talk to these guys. And, you know, these are the episodes that's fun. Like, you're talking about it right now, how all these storylines are coming together and all these feuds are starting to develop. Well, dude, welcome to WrestleMania season, bud. This is what you got to look forward to every year. That's why I get so excited this time of year. But, yeah, shout out to Matt for giving us this opportunity. I was really looking forward to, you know, to, to talking about SmackDown with you today because how good of an episode it was. I wanted to hop on immediately after that Pat McAfee segment happened. I was like, let's do this. Start having some live reactions here. But anyways, one more time, want to thank you. Also thank the listeners. Clearly, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for choosing this podcast. Hopefully you'll continue to do so. But if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for making this part of your weekly routine. Me and John just here breaking down, like I said, the best show. The best wrestling show going right now, and that's just, you know, that's fact. So whatever it is, you heard it here first. Shout out to you guys. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams. Have a damn good weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. 
And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.